0: Uh, hello everyone. Uh, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thank you for very much for joining us to today's AIAA, Los Angeles Las Vegas section, uh, E-Town Hall meeting. We have two very exciting talks and the two very top speakers, uh, so please enjoy the event today. Uh, so you can see this is scheduled. The first one will start at 9 a.m. Pacific time. <clears throat> the second one will be... Uh, at 10:30 uh, a.m. Pacific time. Uh, so first we thank the AIAA headquarters uh, in Western Virginia. Uh, they provide us a uh, very nice Zoom uh, platform with many good features. And they are very supportive uh, for our events. And just a note, the first talk today, uh, thanks to Dr. Chetavridi, uh, it will be recorded and posted after the event. Uh, but the second talk, due to the uh, copyright issue with Boeing, uh, it's not going to be recorded. Uh, so please, uh, there's uh, differences. And um, just a few notes, if you don't receive our email notice, but you think you are in our, our mailing list, please check your spend junk folder or provide another uh, email address. And uh, For today, if you somehow get disconnected, please keep trying. It should be temporary. If you you keep trying, you will be okay. If your internet bandwidth is limited, you can try to dial in using the phone number provided in the confirmation email or reminder. Okay, it's just a few words about AIAA. AIAA is American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. It's a national uh, organization but it also has uh, international uh, existence as you can see this map all the green area is international we call it the region seven uh, and uh, within the uh, domestic uh, and the continental uh, united states there are six regions we are uh, the orange or red area region six uh, california southern california las vegas and los angeles our current president is Dr. Mr. Ha- Basil Hassan. Executive director is Mr. Dan Dunbacher. Our section chair is uh, Dr. Jeffrey Bushell uh, with RACI. So, we, our goal is to promote aerospace, to encourage uh, inv- um, uh, creative creativity, communication, encourage the original uh, invention and the source and education, public awareness, and the public understanding. So we have many members uh, around the globe. Uh, 90 years of aerospace leadership since the Wright Brother and the Robert Goddard. Because the AIAA was merged from the, the two distinguished organizations formed by the Rob, uh, uh, Robert Goddard and the, the Wright Brothers. So any prof- professional society give you a lot of uh, uh, benefits like prestige uh, networking, employment opportunities. Career advice and you can publish and the student can get an ARWA student scholarship if you qualify. Different level of membership the main task force is the professional uh, which include the young professional who should have been called early career professionals uh, they are not students uh, they are just the beginning of the professional membership It's the same professional membership just with 50 percent discount of membership rate and with student membership, we have high school membership. The high school membership is free. Educator, as we mostly mean for the K-12, is also free. Um, we are corporate, associate, and retirement. So on our website, you can see aaa.org membership. You see different categories. And membership is a key part of A I W A. AWA. And once you join AWA membership, you can immediately um, look into the AWA Engage and start to chat you information to be engaged with AWA and you will receive daily launch with a lot of insider story you might get job you know or business opportunity or mentor mentee aerospace america monthly publication very highly uh, highly rep- uh, rep- uh, rep- reputed is a very reputable um, thing. <clears throat> and uh, as a mem- member you enjoy uh, this great discount <clears throat> attending the uh, AWA forum and conferences so <clears throat> I'm sorry, the other also published, you have the ARC, Engage, the other way Foundation just received $1 million donation from Blue Origin and the Industry Guide. Career Center is a very important part for students and also for people uh, working in the industry. And uh, one key feature of Adaboy is that you can uh, advance in ranks, in membership, for example, <clears throat> In our section, we have Dr. James Worth, the president of Michael and Dr. Jeffrey Pouchelle, our section chair, um, Ruth Raytheon, and Miss Mar- Marilyn Whitten, uh, Dr. Daniel Raymer, Mr. St- Stevie Izakowicz, which is the president of Aerospace Corporation, and Dr. Martin Bradley and uh, um, you know Henry, Dr. Henry Garrett, uh, many more, And honorary fellow, uh, the CEO, uh, the president, the CEO of. Uh, Miss green of SpaceX, and many others. Uh, so you also have many awards, Guggenheim, Reed awards. Um, students, you can participate in uh, Design, Build pride, Rocket Launch, and uh, as I mentioned, the student uh, scholarship and the annual student conference, paper conference. And we have an event coming up, national event in Las Vegas called Ascent. It's very exciting and other Online courses and uh, workshops. These are the five major national forums of AIWA. Now, we are a local chapter in Los Angeles Transparency Section. Uh, our aim is to develop the local membership, but also uh, highly welcome uh, uh, national and international participation. Now we have many great companies and individuals here. Um, you know, many major companies you can think of, including the NASA JPL, uh, North Roman Aerospace Corporation, Virgin Galactic, SpaceX, uh, many more, Boeing, Honeywell, Raytheon, Launcher Space, Relativity Space, more 3D, Aerojet, Rocketdyne. And uh, we have this electric, hybrid, uh, company, you know, uh, aircraft company. It's a very important. Uh, we keep doing the events to keep people uh, network uh, together. So after today, after today, next weekend, we have the uh, Titan, mission to Titan, and then we have electronic warfare, and then followed by the uh, planetary defense. Oh, no, actually, there is a space policy event. Sorry, I kind of missed that. And we'll have a newsletter opportunities, cover stories, so please join us. And we'll also podcast and also post a video on YouTube and our website. So our first speaker today is our great pleasure to uh, to welcome Dr. Sree Kumar Chaturvedi. He's an associate professor and placement internship coordinator in the Department of Aerospace Engineering in UPES Dehradun India. The UPES is actually a very uh, prestigious university called the University of Petroleum and Energy Study. Uh, he's working there as an associate professor. He has obtained his bachelor in te- technology in, in tech, aeronautic engineering, avionics from Aeronautical Society, India. The master's degree through research in ocean engineering, uh, synthetic aperture radar application from IIT Matters, also in India. He is awarded with Doctorate in Engineering from UPES uh, Dehradun India. He is the recipient of Young Scientist 2010 by the Korean Marine Environmental Engineering. He had been visiting research scholar to Korea Ocean R&D Institute Uh, from 2010 to 2011. He had published more than 25 journal research papers in various uh, scopus and uh, SCIWOS databases. He had attended and presented research papers in many conferences approximately 70 such as IEEE um, IGERS, IEEE APSAR, IEEE IRSI, IEEE ISM ETC. Well, hopefully we'll have a publication with AIAA soon from Dr. Jeff Reddy. He's a member of various professional bodies, such as IEEE ISRS, AESI, IITMAA. He is on editorial board of Journal of Marine Technology and Research, Thailand. GRD journals, etc. Uh, he has been organizing many exactly master classes at UT- UPES Darodun uh, with the eminent persons such as Dr. Uh, S- S- Subramanian uh, Swami and also Dr. Uh, Sivan. Uh, I actually attended one of these. A very exciting. Dr. Sivan was the chairman of the Indian uh, Space Agency (ISRO). Um, also. Uh, Dr. Madhavan Nair, uh, also a former chairman of ISRO. Uh, Pathma uh, Kiran Kumar is former, also former chairman of ISRO. I think I was there uh, also as well, uh, and uh, many more. And uh, as you know, uh, India Space Agency has uh, co- collaboration with NASA JPL, so very exciting uh, period of time. And his area of research is SAR application for oceans, target detection, tsunami modeling, etc. Recently, Dr. Chaturvedi uh, has been rewarded with Outstanding Faculty Advisor Award 2021 in Space Habitat event in Brazil. Also, he's working as the convener. Uh, I think it's honorary at Mission Space Foundation, Mission Aerospace Foundation of Edi- uh, India. Uh, that's very uh, prestigious. So thank you very much, uh, Dr. Chaturvedi. We are very excited here to welcome you. So without further ado, so uh, uh, it's uh, all yours. Thank you, Dr. Chaturvedi.
1: Thank you. Uh, Thank you, AIAA for inviting me on this uh, special lecture series on space technology and uh, radar applications. So first of all, uh, I would like to thank each and every uh, organizing member of AIAA and all the people, all the fellow, honorary fellow, then um, uh, senior members of the AIAA, who is regularly organizing such kind of event and inviting many of the eminent speakers across the group. So, thank you so much again for inviting me uh, to speak on uh, space technology as well as the radar applications. I'll just share my screen.
0: I hope it is visible now, right? Yes. Yes.
1: Yes. So uh, before starting with the lecture on space technology as well as the uh, radar application, so first of all, we have the, there are various terms, space, technology, radar, and applications. So technology is something which is uh, a tool which is useful for the society. We are living in a certain space. And radar application is very very important in case of the defense applications. So one by one we'll proceed for the you know different kind of radars. Then we have a space space technology. Why it is important in uh, you know uh, in defense applications or the defense technologies. So this is just a, a overview. Uh, there are three things. One is the as everyone knows uh, sorry, there is something called uh, aeronautical aeronautics or aeronautical. Then we have the aerospace. And this society, AIW, is American Institute of Aeronautics and Astronautics. It means it covers the portion of aeronautical engineering as well as the space engineering. So similarly, we can be able to see here. This is the spacecraft. And this is again the you know hypersonic spacecraft, again, which is in the space. And we have something over here in the uh, right side. We have the drone. And over here we have the aircraft. So these two terms, this and this, drones as well as the aircraft, they represent the flying object into the proposed region, or you can say the region which is above eleven uh, below eleven thousand kilometers on the uh, you know atmospheric region. But if we talk about the spacecraft as well as the you know uh, higher order, or you can say hypersonic flights, which is having the Mach number greater than five. For the drones, it is the very, very low subsonic reason. For the aircraft, it can be subsonic, it can be supersonic, but in case of the spacecraft, it is always marked number greater than five. So why it is important? Because ultimately, we have to take the body, we have to take the payload, payload means satellites ultimately, and on the satellite, we have the sensors. The sensors may be anything, maybe infrared cameras or maybe synthetic aperture radar or radar or any kind of the sensor, which is kept onto the payload, for the various applications across the globe. So why it is important, why we why we are, you know, studying the space engineering, or why we are studying the space law, or why we are studying the, you know, uh, space uh, technology. Ultimately, each and every person, whether he is living in the urban area, rural area, oceanic area, land area, or, you know, highly crowded area, they should get benefited by means of the space application. That can be either by means of a GPS, that can be, Uh, you know, uh, GIS can be used or, uh, you know, global position technology can be able to use to move from one place to another place. It means the satellite's applications are only and only to provide the exact information once the body is moving or the person is moving from place number A to place number B. So that's how the space application actually occurs. Nowadays, it's a huge demand for the drones, right, in order to carry the important information, in order to carry the vegetables, in order to carry the, you know, different kind of the delivery system. We need the drones. Aircraft, again, it is a very, very important tool or important device in order to move from one, for example, if you want to fly from New Delhi to New York. So within a short period of the time, one can be able to go with a, by using a certain air route or within a certain space route. In a Similarly, we, we have to go for the low Earth orbit or the medium Earth orbit or the geo Earth orbit, or you can say the geosynchronous orbit. One has to take the application of a space or the space is the only medium, to which one has to travel from one place to the another place. So ultimately, once the satellite is placed, so what is the use of the satellite? It has a certain camera, it has to watch this earth, and then relevant information can be able to get. Relevant information may be in terms of disaster management. Nowadays, if hurricane is coming or tsunami is about to come or earthquake is about to come, so satellite plays a very, very important role in order to monitor the every each and every signals Signals of the hurricane, the direction of the hurricane, velocity of the hurricane, or you can say, uh, you know, um, uh, rate of change of displacement of the, you know, one uh, particular tectonic plate to the another particular tectonic plate. All the things can be able to monitor by means of the satellite as well as the satellite antennas. So uh, there may be a classification of a passive uh, satellite system as well as the active satellite system that is in the further slides. So why actually space technology means once the system is placed into the space, maybe in any of the orbit, maybe in the lower orbit or geosynchronous orbit or any of the orbit, what is the ultimate use? Ultimate use is to ease the information for the society or for the person or to capture the information in a very short period of the time with the accurate information. So there is something called the technology of a remote sensing. So this is the application of the space. And that's what it is called the space technology technology using the space by means of the satellite is known as the remote sensing sensing means to get the information remote means it is the distance means from the distance how one can be able to get the information if i'm speaking from india a lot of people are watching from america from brazil from you know uh, within the country of our india maybe chennai or new delhi or many places or you know some person are watching from china or japan so how one can be able to get the sensing information or sense the information remotely that is the meaning of a remote sensing so obviously we need to have the satellite system in which some kind of the cameras are used or some kind of the you know sensors are used in order to get the earth information this complete earth has to be monitored either by means of drones or by means of the satellite or by means of you know aircraft so it depends on the person how one can be able to obtain the data and what kind of application you are going to do, whether you are using the imagery data for the analysis or you, you are using some kind of the software and what kind of the classification and what kind of the career opportunities are there in case of the space technologies or the space engineering. So first of all, we have the engineering spacecraft design. In the spacecraft design, we are putting the payload, that is the satellite, and these various sensors are there. Once it is placed into the orbit, that is the space application. So ultimate space application is the remote sensing technologies using the satellite properties or using the satellite. So these satellites can be able to monitor all the Earth, whether it is an ocean surface, land area, urban area, suburban area, forestry area. Nowadays, it's a huge disaster. For example, recently in the news, Arizona, Arizona, uh, this uh, Amazon, amazon jungles have been completely vanished due to the forest fire so how one can be able to monitor using the satellite we have to take the data we have to take the continuous temporal data today what is the progress tomorrow what will be the progress third day what will be the progress and accordingly we have to proceed for the further you know um, uh, we have to give the information to the government to take the proper action so remote sensing basically classified by means of two terms one is the active sensing second is the passive sensing what is the difference in case of the passive sensing, if this is the sun, sun transmits the photons, number of photons, or you can say the light, electromagnetic radiation. It has the various lights. Everyone knows the view, right? Violet, indigo, blue, green, yellow, orange, and red. It has a certain wavelength. They used to be transmitted towards the Earth and the amount of the reflection which is going towards the satellite. So this satellite measures the number of photons coming out, reflected values, from the earth. And this satellite sensor will measure the number of photons and accordingly the information can be able to get uh, gathered. So that is the meaning of a passive sensing. Means it is dependent on the sunlight. Active sensing means it does not depend on sunlight. It can operate in the daytime also, it can operate in the nighttime also. Most of the defense applications we are using the active sensing because in the nighttime, most of the illegal activities normally used to happen. So we have to monitor it by means of the active remote sensing system that is radar, radio detection and ranging. So in this, we have a radar sensor, which is transmitting the electromagnetic signal towards Earth, and then the reflection of the electromagnetic signal will go to the sensor. It will measure the reflected amount or the backscattering amount of the information from the Earth. So it does not depend on, it means it does not depends on sunlight, it depends on sunlight. So the passive sensors normally, for example, all the colored images, Google images, basically, you can say they are the passive sensing systems. All the radar images or all you can say defense application images, always we are using the active remote sensing sensor or active remote sensing data sets. So it has a different data sets also. In this, the number of pixel information for a particular area will be different. Under this condition, the number of pixel in a particular area will be different, completely different the grayscale value value vary from digital number vary from 0 to 255 in case of the radar imaging under this condition we have the red green as well as the blue information so completely different different application more accurate information this is especially used for the defense application day and night operation dnd operation you can say other remote sensing actually process uh, flows for example if we talk about the passive sensing or the passive uh, remote sensing technology so we have the active source, which is the sun. Sun used to transmit the energy towards the target. From the target, the reflected wave will go to the sensor or the satellite, which is placed in the lower orbit or medium earth orbit. Normally, these satellites, na, they used to place at 500 to 1,000 kilometers above the Earth's surface. They are the, you know, polar satellites. And then if the satellites are placed, for example, 25,000 kilometers above the Earth's surface, they are the GPS satellites. If the satellites are placed 35,000 kilometers above the Earth's surface, they are the geosynchronous satellites. So Presently, we are talking about space applications, so mostly we have to deal with the uh, you know mm, polar satellites. Polar satellites, they used to revolve the Earth from north to south and south to north, ascending and descending order uh, things. So from the sensor, it has to send towards the antenna. So this is the step number one. Then we have the step number three. Then we have step number three, transmission, retransmission towards the antenna, which is known as the processing station. And from the processing station, some of the will process, analyze, as well as the interpret the information either manually or by means of the some software. For example, there are n number of softwares. If you talk NB, then we have Sarscape, then we have you know GIS softwares, geodesy softwares. So many softwares are available in order to analyze the information of this particular target. How one can be able to measure it? how one can be able to analyze it and finally the information has to be sent towards the application towards the user or the client's requirements so it depends completely on what kind of you know client information or what kind of the data is required for the you know for the application as well as the processing so for for everything we require the antenna antenna is a very very important tool in any kind of you know transmission as well as the reception for example if i'm saying by means of mouth, so that is the transmitting antenna. If somebody is listening or everyone is listening by means of the ear, that is the receiving antenna. If you are receiving the information by means of eyes, that is also the receiving antenna. In a similar way, because we are the natural, we are. it is a natural man-made body or the uh, natural uh, body which is having the transmitter receiver in a various sense. So in body, we have to say it as a sense senses. So We have the five senses, which is visible. Sixth sense is mind, which is invisible, but at least we could be able to guess some kind of the information by means of the sixth sense. In a similar way, if you talk about the artificial world, so we have an number of antennas, which are located at a different different ground station for the various operations. So, antenna, what is the meaning of antenna? It is to transmit the information, it is to receive the information. So, transmission and deception, these are the two very, very important parameters the getting any kind of the information whether it is an imaging information or non-imaging information or signal information or the phase information. So if for example if this is the antenna it is transmitting some information and here is the aircraft it is moving in a particular direction. So at each and every point on the trajectory this antenna should get the information and we know that electromagnetic velocity is 3 into 10 power 8 meters per second which is very very high as compared to velocity of the aircraft if you take the fighter aircraft velocity, which is 2,000 kilometers per hour, if we talk about you know uh, this uh, commercial aircraft, the velocity is around 800 kilometers per hour. So You can just imagine the velocity of the aircraft as compared to the velocity of electromagnetic wave, which is very, very less, but still all the antennas used to gather the phase information, magnitude information, as well as the texture information, and the direction in which the aircraft is moving, whether the aircraft is coming towards the radar or it is going away from the radar. So there is a very important principle in physics that is called the Doppler's phenomena or the Doppler's effect. that needs to be measured by means of the antenna. And in order to you know measure the antenna we should have some gain value or the efficiency value. For example, we have the eyes which has a certain limitation to see. Our eyes can see you know some kind of the colors, but antennas has a different accuracy to see the different kind of you know signal perception or the signal uh, receiving capacity. Uh, this is how basically the uh, you know uh, radar actually works, or you can say the system or the transmitter can be able to get the information. If this is the antenna, okay, it is getting, it is sending the information towards the target, and then backscattering information is received by means of the antenna. And this antenna will be you know store the information. It will further send to the receiving section, then receiving section to the decision making section, and finally one can be able to get the output. Output in terms of what velocity. Then, in terms of course, then you can say in terms of you know size of the target. Then we have the shape of the target. Then we have the direction of the target. Many information can be able to get as well as the navigational information, latitude. Then we have the longitude. Then we have altitude. N number of parameters or n number of the informations can be able to measure by means of radar or the radio detection and engine system or the device that can be able to you know one can be able to monitor the complete phenomena or n number of aircraft in a particular area by means of the antenna system or by means of the radar system that is the actual application of the radar If within a particular boundary for example 100 kilometer by 100 kilometer area if you have 10 targets so in which direction this all aircrafts are going what is the speed of the all aircrafts what is the direction of all aircraft what the size what is the shape what is the course Angle, angular information, everything can be able to monitor by means of, you know, uh, radar applications. So how basically uh, radar works? What is the basic fundamental principle of the radar technology? If someone asks or if somebody wants to know completely, we have the antenna, then we have a number of aircraft, right? And always the electromagnetic wave propagation in the circular direction. You can see the direction. It is always the circular, right? So within a circle, how many targets are present? right within the second circle so if we consider this as the origin so at a distance of r1 then we have a distance r2 then we have a distance r3 and then r4 and n number of r r means distance or you can say the range so within a particular range how many targets are present and what kind of the applications we have in the defense technologies for example air defense radar on the truck the radar antenna is located and truck is moving it is continuous monitoring the Number of targets within a particular system. Then we have the missile controller radar, missile So on the truck again, there is a radar or the antenna system which is tracking the missiles, whether the missiles are coming and hitting towards the target or it is going away from the target. Then we have an air traffic controller radar. Normally, on the uh, you can say when you go to the commercial airport or the airport's authority, ATC are placed with, in order to monitor the various uh, you know aircrafts within a particular arena or within a particular area. So if aircraft A is coming and towards the landing, so second aircraft should not get uh, towards the landing point. They should take the 2.5 minutes of turn and then later on they have to come and land. So this is how the air traffic controlling uh, used to be offered onto the airport. Then we have the ground surveillance radar. On the ground, if army people are staying here, so these army people will get the continuous information about the target or the illegal activities which is happening at a a certain distance so that can be able to offer then we have the navigational based radar which always provides the value of a longitude and latitude as well as the altitude information for the various you know um, information or the um, um, you know legal or illegal activities which is happening at a certain distance so that can be able to measure uh, using the uh, navigational based radar so basic principle if we talk about the radar is uh, The meaning of radar is radio detection and ranging. We can say radio detection and ranging. It means it works on the principle of microwave frequencies. Microwave frequency means gigahertz. It means it works on the frequency of 1 to 100 gigahertz of the frequency. Within this frequency, it transmits the information, it gets the information. For example, if this is a satellite radar is located, it is transmitting a certain pulse, towards the target, and then it is receiving the echo or the backscattering information towards the satellite. So the distance covered R, then again the backscattering R, so total distance will be R plus R equals to speed. Then we have the time T2 minus T1, right? then R equals to C delta T divided by T. This is a very, very basic physics equation in which our time is to be calculated as well as the range is to be calculated by means of uh, Constant electromagnetic signal or the constant electromagnetic uh, velocity. And be, once we know the distance, we can be able to find out the velocity and all other parameters related to the uh, target. I will not go much into the technical details, but that is a different uh, part of this. I'll just go with the application point of view. Yeah. So basically, one can be able to see we have the two transmitting antenna, then we have the receiving antenna from the transmitting antenna to receiving antenna if it is located at a distance of R. G is something called as a gain, gain of the transmitting antenna, gain of the receiving antenna. Gain means efficiency, how efficiently a person or the radar transmitter can be able to send the information and how efficiently this receiving antenna can be able to receive the information. So there is a very, very famous equation which is known as the Frisk equation. Frisk equation, which used to provide the range of the target. What is the distance? On what factor it works? So basically, range Of the target is the function of transmitted power, then we have received power, then gain value of transmitting antenna, receiving antenna on what wavelength it works, then on what frequency it works, what is the cross-section area, what is the you know actual area of the target. Every parameter is worked based on the range equation. And this range is very, very important. Uh, for the you know shape calculation, for the target distance calculator, for the velocity estimation, for the phase estimation, very important parameters. And normally, all the where you can be able to see this range, range, range. and minimum information what the radar antenna is getting from the target. That's very important. That is known as the minimum detectable signal (MDS). Right? This minimum detectable signal is very important, and it depends on the radar cross section area. What is the area and cross section area? For example, our eyes. Eyes are having a certain area, which is for example, 0.5 millimeter of the diameter if we take, so pi by 4 d square is completely uh, the area of the ice. But with this eye, one can be able to see the certain area. So that area is completely different. It means it is known as the radar cross section of ice, or radar cross sectional area. So this is how, because this antenna is having a, for example, diameter is 10 meter. So area, actual area will be pi by 4 d square. Pi by 4 into 10 square, some value will be able to get in terms of meter square. But with this actual area, this is transmitting or this is receiving a various n number of targets. It means this area is completely different as compared to the actual area. Actual area, then we have a complete cross sectional area. Commonly used frequency, how uh, radar band uh, basically works. So very high frequency, it is not the radar band. P band, it is not again the radar band. Always, it works on the gigahertz frequency. 1 to 2 gigahertz, which is the L-band. 4 to 8 gigahertz, which is C-band. 8 to 12, which is X-band. 14 to 18, which is Q-band. Then we have 27 to 47, which is the Ka band And these have a different application in terms of the agriculture and forestry, then ocean, or you can say glaciology sometimes. Uh, we have to monitor the glacier effect then uh, we have the high-resolution radars in which uh, one has to, uh, you know, map the complete area in a, in a very short period of the time. And nowadays the researchers are doing on the work on millimeter waves, which is the very very strong waves. Nowadays, uh, you know, used for the highly penetration, for the subsurface monitoring or you know earthquake monitoring basically or the tsunami monitoring. We are using the millimeter waves. The number of you know waves which are coming out or the uh, interacting with the earth or the you know tectonic plates or you can say uh, the, the surface as well as the subsurface phenomena, how one can be able to get the backscattering information. So these are the important researches which are going on for the different kind of the uh, you know uh, band properties or the band informations, which are normally you know very very difficult to get it or uh, very very difficult to you know analyze it. So this is just a continuation of the radar principles. We have the radar antenna, then it is sending the beams. So the difference of the you know upper beam and lower beam is known as the antenna beam bit Then we have the target, and these are the transmitted pulses. It will go and hit the target. And then echo a backscattering response will go, and it will be recorded by means of the uh, antenna. And then from antenna, it has to be displayed by means of the display section. So this is what I was talking about, the first equation which is the you know radar range equation so you can see this is the received power which is the function of transmitted power then we have the gain value then range then radar cross section area actual area then again the received range then the complete equation will be pt gt gr lambda lambda is the wavelength r is the distance and commonly used radar equation this is known as the commonly used radar equation and this minimum detectable signal is important in order to achieve the information for the target, which, whether it is a moving target or static target. For example, if helicopter is placed, helicopter can be the dynamic, always the dynamic, but it can be static at one point. But aircraft is always the dynamic, it cannot stop, until or unless it is a flying car. So, helicopter can be considered it as a flying car, which can be static and dynamic, but aer- aeroplane, the complete uh, you know, aircraft it is completely the uh, dynamic. So It works on the radiation principle. Like I already told, it always works on the backscattering phenomena or the backscattering information, and it depends on the radar cross-sectional reflectivity. Now coming up to the uh, second topic, which is the synthetic aperture radar. This is a very, very special uh, special radar nowadays uh, we are using, defense people are using for the different applications because it provides the image. Till now we have the non-imaging radars, or in all the commercial applications, normally we have the non-imaging radars. In all the defense applications, we are using the imagery radar. For example, if n number of tanks are standing and using the satellite, one can be able to see how number of how many number of tanks are standing, or how many, you know, what is the movement of the tanks near to the border area, or especially for the border surveillance, we are using the synthetic aperture radar. So synthetic aperture radar means synthetic means. Synthesis or the energy storage. Aperture means in a particular length, and radar is the video detection and ranging. Means if any of the information is stored within this area A and B, right? Within this area or within this length, if energy storage is A, that is known as the synthesis, right? On this particular aperture area, that is known as the synthetic aperture, and the system which is onto the satellite is the radar so we have a different modes of the operation basically how actually formation of the synthetic aperture works for example if uh, this is the direction of the satellite which is having the velocity v now satellite is placed at this point right and it is looking on the earth right after certain time for example this is point number a b c d and so on Point number B again, it is looking at certain point. Point number C again, it is looking at a certain point on the earth. So this is forming a length. This is forming the length. This is forming the length L1, then L2, L3 within the same antenna. You can see this black, completely black, is the same antenna which is moving in a certain distance. L1 plus L2 plus L3 plus L4 plus dot dot dot. So this particular point, you can see if we consider first one, it is started looking at the target. It is started looking at the target. So the length is same, antenna length is same, but it is forming the aperture, which is the imaginary aperture. So the complete synthetic aperture is one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Eight times the complete antenna length is the complete synthetic aperture. It means LSA equals to L into length of antenna. In this case, that is known as the synthetic means, within this length, how much energy is stored? towards this particular direction. This is how the formation of synthetic aperture actually occurs. So basically, it is uh, uh, classified by means of three modes. One is the strip mode, we have the spotlight, as well as the scan. What is the difference? The difference is strip mode means, for example, we have the torch. torch. So torch, if you take the torch and just switch it on, and continuously, you are scanning. That is known as the scanning mode. Right? It means you are getting all the information. Now switching on and off, on and off. That is the meaning of a spot uh, strip map. At one point you are switching on, then off. Then another, another point you are switching on, that is the, uh, you know, again, on. So this is known as the strip map. What is spotlight means? Only at one target you are focusing. For example, you are going to the to, into the jungle and suddenly we saw this line. So suddenly we are putting the torch and suddenly we saw the line and we got shocked. So that is the meaning of a spotlight thing, right? So we got the target, so we have to find out the spotlight. We did not find the target. We are continuously scanning, that is the scan SAR mode. And strip map means the regular surveillance in one portion, then switch off, then other portion, then again switch off, then other portion, then again switch off. So this is not the continuous operation. This is not the continuous operation. This is the continuous operation. Most of the defense technology, we are using the scan SAR mode or scan scanning mode, basically, uh, we can be able to see. So this is just, we have already explained how synthetic aperture actually uh, work and how the information, how the SAR data actually looks like, basically. So basically, SAR data is raw data. We cannot able to see anything in the image. Once it is processed onto the ground station, by means of, I told uh, various softwares, like NV, or SARScape, or you know Geodesy, or GIS software. So using these softwares, one can be able to Find out how many number of targets are present in a particular area. If the area length is x, area width is y, so the total area information is x into y. Within this x into y, how many number of pixels? What kind of digital numbers? What is the energy stored in each and every digital pixels? So you can see this is the processed image. Second image, this is the processed image image. And in this image, one can be able to see. If we see closely, zoom then one can be able to see the number of different different targets hard target as well as the soft target onto the earth surface so this is how you know synthetic aperture radar image formation actually takes place in order to once we uh, proceed further and further so uh, this is more technical towards the azimuth resolution and range resolution i will not take much time in this azimuth and range basically it is the you know in which the direction of the satellite that is known as the azimuth direction and the range direction is the uh, you know, direction in which you know this perpendicular to the direction of the uh, satellites. I think there are some questions in the question and answer box. Yeah, there are a list of softwares like NV, you can say, or uh, SARScape. There are various softwares, you can Google it out on the net. Uh, it is specifically, you know, European Space Agency, or you can say even in India, we have the Bhuvan portal in which one can be able to get the information. Then we have a Japanese Exploration Agency, they have the different software to process the information. So that can be able to obtain. I hope it is okay, Sanjay. Okay. So we'll proceed because we have a shortage of time. Yeah. So this is what uh, we have, uh, I have already uh, explained in case of the SAR mode, uh, scan SAR, which is the regular mode, you can say. So you can see the number of strips, there are n number of strips information can be able to monitor in a particular direction in which the satellite is moving. So it is a continuous operation, scanning. By torch, you are scanning continuously, you are seeing the data. So that is the meaning of the scan star mode. right? Similarly, we have the strip mode, just in case, for example, if this is the aircraft having the synthetic aperture radar, it is looking at a certain point, it is not finding the any information, now the same aircraft is moving and came to the point number B. This point number A, point number C. So the point number P again, it is transmitting the information and it saw, okay, there are one, two, three, four, five. So we have the five tanks. So this point number B satellite, or you can say the aircraft found the five targets. Okay, after certain times, maybe C. At this point C, uh, it is again transmitting the beam and it has found, okay, we have again some one and two. So we have the two number of targets, which is located at this particular point. So this is the meaning of a strip mode. You can see at the point number B, we have a five targets. At the point number C, we have the two targets. So at the point number B, we have a five targets. At the point number C, we have the two targets. It is not this continuous operation. All the information lost between this, all the information has been lost between the coming from point number B to point number C. So this aircraft cannot see what is happening or what is happening to one, two, three. Three targets. Only it will see the two targets. It will not see the third, uh, fourth target. So this is how the strip map means in one point only one target. And this is the spotlight mode means on a one target only we have to see. For example, if this aircraft at the position A, it is seeing the one, two, three, four, five, five targets. At the point number B, when it has come to point number B, the same target it is monitoring five. Okay. At the point number C it does not worry about these targets, it will only worry about only these five targets. So this is known as the spotlight mode, means it has to focus on only one particular target or one region of the target. So this is a spotlight mode operation, or you can say the, uh, you know, finding the illegal activities, normally we are finding out the spotlight mode or the spotlight information for the synthetic aperture radar operation. There are a number of airborne SAR uh, you know, sensors, like we have AirSAR, which is the NASA, which is sent by USA. Then we have AUSAR, right? Then we have DOSAR, then we have ESAR, then EMISAR, and then MEMShip. Then we have a storm ship, and then we have a AES. Lot of targets which are located on the aircraft also. It is not necessary that only satellite can carry the SAR sensor aircraft can also carry the sar sensor even drone can also carry the sar sensor but due to its heavy operation drone cannot able to you know lift up the high value or the high weight of the synthetic aperture radar uh, sensors nowadays it's a huge huge demand for the unmanned aerial systems uh, which is the tropospheric system or tropospheric region because this is again the space application ultimately space technology or the space application in which Uh, You know various uh, aircraft, small aircraft, or the you know unmanned aerial system in which the synthetic aperture radar has to be placed, and it will transmit the information towards the earth surface, and it gathers the information, and then finally it has to transmit towards the ground station. Once we know the ground station, we can be able to process the uh, information as well as the data. Yeah yes i think uh, that can be further transmitted or published for uh, this slide presentations mr basil it will be uh, it will get published in uh, very soon or you you will be able to get from aiw office they will they will forward you thank you for asking the question okay <clears throat> so uh, unmanned aerial system operation is again uh, very important nowadays to Uh, proceed further in order to, uh, you know, um, get the operation or get the information done. Now, what kind of sensors uh, normally uh, we have in case of the space applications? So how uh, it is actually, you know, um, uh, one can be able to get the information or processing. We have the input, then we have a data link, and then processing. Artificial systems are more or less like a natural systems. For example, if we see something, our body is the natural system. If we see something, this is the sensor. By looking, by seeing this, we got some data. That data has to be interconnected by means of the data line, mind, right? Once mind will decide, okay, we have to perform this task, yes or no. That is the processing as well as the post processing in a similar way. Once we know the information, for example, camera. We talk about a simple sensor, we have the camera, it takes the images, digital numbers. It will go to the onboard computer. Now, all the images will get extracted. It will go towards the transmission unit, then it has to be transmitted to receiving end unit, then ground station, and finally the data processing. Okay, from this camera, you found somewhere F, right? Whether it is F or G or A or B or C, how one can be able to decide? We need a very high programming on the onboard computer. Okay, it has to decide only F. It should not go for the G or H. So complete artificial intelligence system is required in order to you know, track it or in order to uh, find out what is the actual target. It, is, it should not be mismatched target. It should be the actual target. And the same information has to be transmitted either by means of a digital way or by means of the analog. <clears throat> so this is how processing of the synthetic aperture radar or any kind of system occurs. Uh, we have the image filtering technology then mapping then blob detection then we have a graph segmentation and then input image then comparison of the shape then we have the finally you know output so if we know about the various technologies in case of the target or the digital number formation so for example in this particular thing we have a n number of pixels so all pixels have a different energy levels so if we combine the magnitude complete magnitude is the compression of all pixels then we have phase complete phase of compression of all pixels, and then ultimately the digital signal processing, DSP, as well as the digital image processing techniques are applied to form the image. So basically, we have the signal. Signal is the raw information. Image is the finally product. Then we have a geocoding, which is the, again, post-processing product because we are living on the earth. So we have to know what kind of the coordinates we have. Where is the latitude, longitude of that particular image? We cannot simply blindly, you know, Believe on a particular image. We should know uh, in which direction or what is the uh, you know actual latitude and longitude information of a particular image. Uh, these are the very interesting and uh, application of a synthetic aperture radar, in which uh, 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 one has to know in which direction or wh- where is the synthetic aperture radar actually works. How, right? So basically, uh, in case of the target detection, for example, if this is the ocean area, right? It, it has a number of targets, number of ships maybe cargo ships or small ships or any kind of you know, uh, uh, you know know ferries or fast ferries or some of the moving ships or you can say stationary ships. Sometimes we have the island also, so how to detect it? Right? Detection means we have to find out the size, we have to find out the shape, in which direction it is moving, whether it is stationary, it means velocity is zero, or it has a certain velocity in terms of knots, then all the information can be able to get by means of the synthetic aperture radar. If this data is for two days, then again, tomorrow we have to take the data and monitor the same ships whether they are locating on the same position again after a certain time. It means that is known as the temporal resolution. At each and every 24 hours or eight hours of the time, what is the direction of the ship for the same area? So, this is how the navigational monitoring, continuous navigation monitoring was used to occur. So, this is the one application target detection of the various objects on the ocean surface or onto the sub-oceanic area another application may be you know glacier flow nowadays uh, you know due to the climate warming uh, all the glaciers are completely melting under the melting condition so due to that you know continuously this all glaciers is continuously melting and hence it is going backwards right why because of the climate warming so how one can be able to monitor it by means of synthetic aperture radar so continuous mapping is required for example if you take the himalayan region in india we have a himalayan region and Uh, you know, it is a completely glacier. It is full of, you know, snow. So, during the winter time, it is a huge snow. During the summer time, it is completely, you know, losing the energy or you can say losing the water, water content. So, the complete glacier is shifted on the backside. So, during the summer season, one data has to be obtained. Then, during the winter season, one has to uh, take the information. During the monsoon season, one has to take the information. And then, easily one can be able to get the Distance on what distance it has been shifted? It was previously it was at the distance of A, and then in the summer time it has moved to B, and then in the monsoon uh, uh, time it has shifted to C. So, what is the actual distance? Whether it is a one meter uh, shift, two meter shift, or three meter shifts, one can be able to find out by means of space application or the radar applications. Then we have a third important disaster uh, thing, which is the file spill monitoring. Nowadays, it's a very very you know challenging task for example if this is the ship and which is coming from somewhere right and it is continuously you know monitoring the slicks slicks on into the ocean so what will happen in case of the oil pollution or the marine pollution marine you know animals will get affected due to the oil oil have a different density water have a different density and suddenly you know it has started spilling so all the marine eco environment will get disturbed so it should not happen, it should not occur. So suddenly, by means of the satellite, one, one can be able to easily measure the amount of spill onto the surface. You can see, this is the ocean. It has a different reflectivity coefficient. That's why the color is different. It has a different reflectivity coefficient. That's why it is showing the dark. And this is the land area. It has a different reflectivity cover. So it has, a, for example, if you talk about Sigma-1, Sigma-2, and oil-1 is Sigma-3. So Sigma-3 is have a certain value. Sigma-2 have a certain value and Sigma-1 has a certain value in terms of decibels, in terms of different coefficient. That is another property. Once we will go for the algorithmic analysis, so that is something about Bragg scattering phenomena in physics. Based on the Bragg scattering, comparison of the ocean surface as well as the oil surface, one can be able to extract the information and then the direction can be able to measure and the information can be uh, sent to the concerned authority. Another application one can be able to see the land uh, slide or we can say uh, island detection. So if this is the island, right? whether it is eruption under the, um, near to the oceanic area, whether it is erupted continuously or some kind of the illegal activities are happening near to the coastal area. So one can be able to monitor on a regular basis. On day, everyday data, one can be able to say for the small island, this is the small island. For the small island, it's very easy to you know monitor it or detect it by means of a drone or by means of the aircraft or by means of you know any of the satellite imagery or the satellite technologies. If someone wants to see how the satellite imagery uh, looks like, so you can see the Sentinel one. Sentinel one is the satellite uh, by European Space Agency. So you can be able to search it and you can be able to download any kind of the data how the satellite. Monitoring or how you know tutorials also you can be able to learn uh, for the Sentinel one C datasets. So uh, this is another application glacier monitoring. I have already told how one can be able to monitor the difference in the glacier, uh, right? One position, then another position, how the shifting used to occurs. So this is how uh, one can be able to measure. So see, looking at the image is very nice, but actually once you process it, it requires a lot of mathematical computation behind that. So in order to understand the mathematical computation, we should understand the complete imagery. And normally it requires, you know, for the faster computers, for the supercomputers, it's very easy, but for a normal computers, it requires only four to five hours to process and to get the result. How much is the displacement? It depends on the size also. Normally in one image of radar is in terms of terabytes for a certain 10 kilometer by 10 kilometer data. Similarly, you can see if you want to go for hundred kilometer by hundred, so it, it requires a lot of you know terabytes data. So um, another application can be the defense application or the agriculture application. You can see it's a very image clearly image. It is a clear image of radar. So we can be able to see the complete uh, texture onto the grind, ground. It is some kind of the factory. Then we have an urban area. Then we have a, some strip strip line on which the aircraft can be able to you know stand. Then we have a you know somewhere maybe the railway line in which uh, rail can be able to go for the transportation so this is how uh, you know uh, in defense strategy or the defense application one can be able to monitor measure as well as the execute the operations so how the future are uh, system concepts actually uh, can look like uh, maybe normally you know integration future technology is the integration integration of one data with another data one satellite with another satellite then one even the drone with the Satellite as well as the aircraft. So this is the basic, uh, you know, uh, future concepts in which uh, signal can be able to monitor or signal can be able to, you know, uh, receive in case of the lower orbit or whether it is a higher Earth orbit or any kind of the medium Earth orbit satellite. How one can be able to monitor it or how one can be able to, uh, you know, integrate it. So a lot of computational techniques are required in order to, you know, monitor or in order to, uh, and. <clears throat> describe uh, for the, you know, nowadays we have, uh, you can say micro satellites, which is the student satellites or uh, passive micro satellites which are placed on a certain, uh, you know, area. So, in case of the student satellite competition, a lot of competitions, normally AIAA also, even in, in, in India, we, we also used to organize a student competition by means of ISRO as well as just uh, small startup companies. So they used to provide a huge funding for you know um, uh, to send the missions or to send the, to design the satellite or the payload and then that has to be put onto the launch vehicle by means with the permission of government and that has to be sent to the uh, you know particular uh, arena or the particular orbit. So this is how you know future uh, space scientists or the space engineers can work on the application basically. Because CFD and other, you know, designing criteria, all others are same. But how one can be able to explore the opportunities in case of the space technologies, or the space application, that's very important. That is a space, engineering is something different and space application is something different. Engineering uh, is to design the complete spacecraft as well as to fix up or integrate this payload into it. And application is completely different once the satellite placing into the orbit and after that, how how the application can be able to run so in summary one can be able to see uh, the various applications especially in the it has the high resolution capability then weather independent it does not depend on uh, you know whether there is a rainy season or you know hot season summer season or winter season monsoon season it does not depends it can work in the day and night operation with own illumination because it is the active, active sensing then it is not the optical sensor so it does not depends on the sun polarization efficiency is very high, it can easily classify the structures, then it has a very high dielectric constant. Terrain topography, in order to monitor the mountains, mountains are basically the terrain, right? So by means of the interferrotechnic, one can be able to mountain and, uh, sorry, monitor the complete, uh, you know, mountain of a particular area. Then we have a n number of applications for the radar or the space scientists or the radar engineers, then it has a great interest of the scientific community as well as the commercial and security related application. Because radar, since it is working in the nighttime, so one, one has to not depends on whether the sun will come or not come or rainy really season or any season. So it is basically into the defense application, defense technologies. So basically, uh, you know. Um, One can be able to monitor or one can be able to uh, showcase themselves in terms of as a radar engineer or a space engineer, basically, you can say, or space application technologist uh, uh, in order to go ahead with the various, uh, you know, uh, things. So, again, it has a, uh, you know, radar is having, you know, used for the height measurement. Then we have the navigational for the sea information. Then we have, you know, um, for the poor visibility area, we have the radar blind lander then airborne radars for the satellite surveillance. Then we have the space applications like planetary observations, right? Then we have uh, police radars, normally police department, they are using to monitor the various targets. They have uh, their own patrolling bikes, as well as the cars uh, uh, where they used to put the radars for the various interceptions. Then we have uh, remote sensing, weather monitoring, like I told, hurricane monitoring, tsunami. Then we have uh, high tide monitoring sometimes. Then we have the air traffic as well as the air safety. Radars are always very, very efficient and accurate. Then we have a shift uh, safety, then a non-contact method for the speed and distance uh, in the different industries. So there are a lot of industries who are working in the radar design, radar applications. Uh, Then you can be able to see, uh, you know, um, uh, this strategic operations, especially in the defense as well as the space uh, technologies. So we have a different, you know, even in India, Uh, We used to send uh, various satellites, for example, Reset, radar imaging satellite 1, 2, 3, then we have OceanSat, which is also carrying the radars or synthetic aperture radar sensors. So they used to provide or they used to monitor the complete Earth in a very short period of the time or in a a very, very important um, uh, aspect so that one can be able to get the various useful information. It has a lot of application in case of, uh, you know, uh, application in terms of the synthetic aperture radar or the radar uh, data sets. So, these are the various references which are used to, uh, you know, prepare the particular PPT. And uh, you can also uh, search it out or you can also Google it out how one can be able to, uh, you know, understand basically radar. Radar is fine, but the application in terms of the imaging application that's very important for the remote sensing of the environment. Or the remote sensing of our own earth, how one can be able to, you know, progress it with the uh, data sets, right? Data sets mean digital numbers. So, basically, it is the geometrics. All the things, all the things, whatever we are studying, especially for the space application. So, basically, it is known as the geometrics. Geo means earth, earth has to be classified by means of the matrix, matrix means digital numbers. So complete earth has to be monitored using the different, you know, <coughs> sorry. Uh, different uh, um, algorithms or the different applications in a particular area or the particular direction, whether it is a tactical mission or untactical mission, or you know uh, whether it is a manned mission or unmanned mission. Nowadays, in the space application, uh, recently, yesterday, or the day before yesterday, Elon Musk has sent the uh, spacecraft. You must have heard the news. Then a uh, one month back or two months back, there are there were a manned flight into the space. Amazon has sent, then another person has sent into space and they have come back. So nowadays we have the, you know, a lot of space activities are going on around the globe uh, because everybody wants to see how Earth actually looks like. Even in India, uh, ISRO has started the mission Gagan Yan. Gagan means space, yan means the instrument or the, you know, aircraft or sorry, spacecraft in which one has to go, one has to sit, one has to go to the particular height, they have to observe the Earth and they have to come back. That is the mission completely launching and then again coming to the same point. It means the complete distance that will be there but the displacement will be zero ultimately. So we have a lot of application into the space technology and space engineering. So ultimately we have to see in what area one can be able to contribute. Contribution is more important than competition. So in that way, uh, one has to understand whether you are using the active sensing, passive sensing, microwave sensing, because microwave sensing nowadays, uh, which is basically the radar or synthetic aperture radar, they, they, they have a huge opportunity or the use you can say, uh, in the tactical as well as the tactical manned mission, uh, unmanned aircraft technologies, uh, they can be able to use or uh, system can be able to perform in a very well way. Because the I told minimum detectable signal that is very very important nowadays to uh, get even for the small aircraft. And sometimes uh, you all must have heard about the stealth technology. Stealth stealth means uh, you know hiding. Hiding means with the radar one has one cannot hide. If this is the aircraft, this is the radar, so it should not be hide. But these aircraft or these aircrafts are made in such a way that it can be able to absorb all the energy means the material absorption is very, very high. It can absorb the all electromagnetic signals so that there is no backscattering or the backscattering response towards the radar. That's why it is the hiding technology or the stealth technology, which is very, very important in in case of, you know, application or in case of any kind of, uh, um, uh, you know, uh, this uh, uh, manned or unmanned technology or the missions. So n number of applications, you, you can think even nowadays, People are working in the field of law, space law, air law, right? Because law is not only applicable in case of you know, complete um, body mission, that is applicable for the space also. For every country, uh, they have a different rules and regulation, right? So based on if somebody wants to access the data, or if I want to access the data for European Space Agency, I must have to take the permission from ESA. Without that, I cannot you know, take the data sets of the ESA satellites. Since in India we have the Hyderabad on Hyderabad, that is a national remote sensing center. We can get all the information, but we should take the permission from a particular, you know, country, so that I want to use this data for a certain time for the certain monitoring. So that is the meaning of a legal aspect. Similarly, for all the satellites which are placing for in a different different for the different countries, they have a different rules or the different arena into the space, so that they can be able to monitor the complete Earth. And they can be able to you know, uh, uh, you know uh, predict the information or the futuristic uh, approach towards the uh, system or the towards uh, the radar imaging or satellite imaging or the satellite applications. So there are huge applications in case of the satellite technology, satellite system engineering. Then we have the spacecraft avionics. You, one can be able to say or uh, you, you can see navigation and guidance, then we have a satellite system. Uh, navigation, then uh, nowadays we are using the, the drone. So drone, uh, obviously the unmanned aerial system design, then monitoring, execution, then navigation, and you know communication, a lot of things are there in order to. So it is the application of electronics engineering that we have the electrical engineering, aeronautical engineering, aerospace technology, avionics, all the engineering are applied for the space technology. In order to understand it, one should be able to go in more and more detail For the uh, technical things or the technical aspect of the uh, complete uh, system engineering, and then the legal aspect will obviously come. Managerial aspect will also come. Then, uh, you know, nowadays, uh, you know, human life is very important. Everyone knows that. So, life cycle assessment for the satellite technology or for the uh, this space debris concept, you all must be aware of that. Every satellite is having a certain limitations or uh, certain time periods. Or, time span on which uh, they have to live in the space. For example, five years. After five years, they will not work. So, they cannot come back. So, they are into the satellite, they are evolving, and they used to, you know, they act like a waste material. So, that is a, a, a space debris. So, one can be a lot of researchers, even NASA and ISRO and other space agencies, they are working on how, you know, space debris can be able to remove from the space so that they they should not harm the active sensors or active satellites which are actually revolving into the space. So one can be able to see uh, in both managerial, legal as well as the engineering aspect, how space debris can be able to reduce or can be able to uh, monitor by means of a uh, certain algorithm or certain uh, principles so this is how uh, this is what I'm all about uh, today's lecture in case of the space application as well as the space technologies uh, in case of this uh, i would like to thank uh, AIAA and all the participants who have um, you know uh, attended this lecture so with this i would like to stop my words and i am okay to the question and answer session so this is the corona time so that's why i can be positive but stay negative and stay safe at the home and this very important because uh, in the COVID-19 situation, uh, the global world has faced that a huge challenge. In case of the even even all the satellite things or the space technologies has also got stopped. Not a single mission. Uh, you know nowadays the mission has started even in India. Uh, we have delayed the Chandrayaan-3 program, then we have delayed the Mangalyaan-2 programs. So like mission, uh, it is a completely Mars orbital mission. Then we have the Moon orbital mission. So it is completely on hold, and then one by one, once the situation is okay, and the one situation will get improved, so that can be able to, uh, we could be able to manage, and we can be able to proceed and success ahead. So with this, I would like to thank each and every one of you, and I am okay to the question and answer session. So with this last, uh, I just, uh, this very, very important, you know, mantra in India, uh, which, uh, normally, uh, we used to call it on every day, or you can be able to say on this special occasion like Om Antarichi Shanti, Prituvi Shanti, Rapa Shanti, Rosadeha Shanti, Vanuspate, Hashanti, Shanti, Rve, Shanti Deva Hashanti, Brahma Shanti, Sharva Shanti, Shanti, Reva Hashanti, Shama Shanti, Redi, Om Shanti, Shanti, Shanti. So the meaning of this is. May peace radiate there in the whole sky as well as in the vast eternal space everywhere. May the peace resign all over this earth in water and in all the herbs, trees and creepers. May peace flow over the whole universe. May peace be in the supreme being, Brahman. May, may there always exist in all peace and peace alone. Om Shanti Shanti to us and all beings. So with this, I would like to thank each one of you And thank you so much for listening to the talk. And thanks once again. Jai Hind, Jai Bharat, thanks Thanks a lot. Now I'm okay to the question and answer session.
0: Yeah, thank you very much. Very exciting, Uh, very uh, interesting talk. Uh, Appreciate also the mantra. This is very uh, uh, meaningful. Um, So uh, everyone, this is a great opportunity. So uh, you are welcome to click raise hand. And uh, you you will be in uh, you will be able to speak out your question or you can type your question in the Q and A box. <clears throat> uh, just while we're waiting, if anyone uh, uh click their uh, raise hand or type in their Q uh, question in the Q and A box. So you mentioned about the some of the upcoming uh, missions in India, uh, like the orbiter Mars orbiter. So uh Are all those equipped with SAR? Or you were just talking, you were just mentioning some of the upcoming missions? Yes. uh,
1: Basically, they are the uh, Mars Orbital Mission or Chandrayaan, which is the Moon Orbital Mission. So, some of the sensors are used, uh, like synthetic aperture radars, are also used to monitor the as well as the map the uh, Mars surface. But basically, we are sending the rovers, and that rover used to land onto the Mars as well as the Moon surface to get the properties different kind of the textural properties, whether there may be a chances of water, any minerals, or any kind of the information which is not present onto the Earth. So in that way, the system used to keep the information or displace the information, and that information can be able to monitor. Yes, obviously radar is used and uh, gigahertz frequencies are used uh, for the, you know, to get the information for a particular uh, phenomena. that is for sure. So radar is very, very efficient operation in case of the space applications.
0: How about venus it's about... Uh,
1: venus we have not decided it so maybe uh, because india has not decided it
0: yeah i understand um so how about the power consumption you know does it take a lot of power uh it's just a solar panel will be sufficient or... uh, uh
1: presently it is works on the renewable energy which is the solar panel basically but yes, power backup is very important. Batteries and other stuffs, uh, which are charged by means of the solar technology or the solar panels. So basically, it is a renewable, completely renewable energy. which is based onto the you know uh, these robots, whatever we are sending.
0: I see. Um, so is uh, the the one that JPL is NASA JPL is working with ISO. Uh, mm-hmm. What is the I think it's a public, it's, a, it's not a military. Uh, so, what is the uh, what is the mission? What is uh, Is it uh, measuring the ocean or is measuring the.
1: Uh... Yes, yes. That is NISAR basically. NISAR is NASA. Then I is ISRO. And SAR is Synthetic Aperture Radar. So, it is the complete mission of USA. Then we have India. So this particular mission will only carry the SAR sensor for the Earth observation. Earth observation may be the complete monitoring of the globe. Globe means maybe it can be the ocean or urban or suburban or forestry area. Everything can be able to measure, but it will only carry the synthetic aperture. Normally, what happens in one satellite, multiple payloads can be offered or multiple sensors. For example, in one satellite, we have infrared sensor. We have SAR sensor, we have you know, multi-spectral sensor, we have high-spectral sensor, we have different sensors. So, because it is the cost-effective operation, but in case of the NISAR, it will only carry the one sensor, which is the synthetic aperture radar for the ocean, for the Earth observation completely. It will not carry any other sensors, but normally in most of the satellites, uh, the multiple centers, or you can say multiple bands, multiple bands are connected in most of the satellite. But in case of the, what you are talking about, USA and India joint operation, that is NISAR, which is the uh, NASA ISRO synthetic aperture radar process. They used to they used to carry only one payload, which is the synthetic aperture radar uh, uh, sensor.
0: Is it going to be launched uh, from India or is going to, uh, where, where, where is it being made? Is it made in India or uh, is it uh, launched to United States? Back to that
1: maybe the ISRO chief can be able to tell <laughs> that, I'm not sure. doctor kc QC1 can be able to uh, tell that, whether uh, they will be launching from Sriharikota in India or they will launch from JPL, and that is NASA.
0: I see. Then you also indicate, you know, uh, uh, it can be on the, on the drone, on the aircraft. Uh, so obviously, you know, these are different sizes, from satellite, to regular aircraft, surveillance aircraft, and uh, to to drones, and I even mentioned about SpaceX. So obviously, there are some size limitations. So if you have a SAR on a drone, uh, is the capability limited because the limited uh, payload, uh, you know, due to the yeah. Uh, yeah. If we talk about hexacopter or small, you know,
1: small drones. Quadcopter, hexacopter, or you know resolution um,
0: resolution affected, but yeah, they are closer to the to the ground. So what is uh, is the resolution affected uh, or because the trade off of the distance, the altitude, that actually can be you know uh, compensated.
1: Uh, yes, that is of course in case of uh, drone operation. uh, the synthetic aperture radar basically it's a very heavy weight. So if we talk about quadcopter or hexacopter. They could not carry such kind of loads, either or uh, unless the, the the you know a big drone or the flying machine which can be able to carry the very large weight drone so that can that operation can be possible by means of aircraft only or small Cessna kind of aircraft but in drone operation only we are normally using the you know hyperspectral cameras or infrared cameras for the small small operation not for the even even night vision cameras also we are placing on the drone for the night operations. But yes, we cannot um, completely rely on the uh, this thing. In future, if if uh, if uh, you know the weight carrying capacity or the drone can be able to design in such a way that it can be able to lift up the particular synthetic aperture radar information. That is of course a very very good way to operate, but it is not that much cost effective because we can put on the helicopter synthetic aperture radar, and then they can be able to monitor a particular area. So that is more cost effective as compared to the small uh, drone operations. But yes, in future, that can be the futuristic things. If uh, uh, times come, then um, for sure, the person can be able to design, develop, as well as the monitor, using the drone operation in the night time. But nowadays, we are using the night vision cameras and you know multispectral band cameras, as well as the uh, this, uh, um, this, you can say, um, uh, what you call it as uh, infrared sensors. Infrared sensors can, uh, can be used for the forest fire monitoring. Yes, for sure that can be able to
0: uh, you know, manage it. Yeah, and you know, the LiDAR used to be very bulky, um, you know, uh, but now these days, even on, on iPhone, iPhone or the, the Samsung phone, they have the LiDAR. So it uh, it's, uh, it's, could be lightweight. You know, I'm just trying to fill in the gap while people are uh, waiting for uh, giving uh, uh, their questions. So anyone, any, um, any question? I think this is a very great opportunity. I personally have lots of uh, interesting questions, you know, but I don't want to occupy all your time. Uh, so please click, click raise hand or type your question in the Q&A box. Yeah, as a uh, uh, Dr. Chaudhary, you saying this is very important for space, aerospace, defense application, and uh, it's it's great project for uh, STEM education as well because it is uh, involving electromagnetism, magnetism, algorithm, artificial intelligence, uh, the drones, aviation, you know, uh, spacecraft, satellites. So it's, it's a very good topic for for uh, STEM, you know, uh, education.
1: Yes. <clears throat> Because space education is uh, something what we require nowadays, and uh, that can be uh, applicable to anywhere, any part of the world, whether you are living in India, USA, Brazil, or any China, Japan, or anywhere. Space technology will completely change the world, or it will completely capture the world. Because yeah. ultimately, remote sensing will be the future, completely future. We yeah.
0: have to monitor,
1: we have to execute the operation, and a lot of things.
0: Oh yeah, I can see. There's a comment from Harry Havlani saying this excellent presentation. Thank you. Oh, this is wonderful. Uh, and you are right, Dr. Chavedi said very very well. Actually, I just saw a news. Uh, saw the piece of news yesterday. I was kind of fascinated because you know recently there's an issue of the Afghanistan, the retreat of the uh, American yes, armed yes. forces, and there was the piece of news that a group, civil girls. Uh, they they were they formed, um, they were able to uh, leave Afghanistan and they were um, they belong to um, space robotic teams all girls all women you know uh, robotics you know for space exploration team in Afgani- Afghanistan so I mean uh, this uh, space thing is really inspiring you know women in Afghanistan um, Afghanistan uh, girls working on a robotics project for space exploration uh Luckily, they were able to they were able to leave Afghanistan. Uh, Afghanistan. So, uh, I I was uh, fascinated. You know, it's a good uh, interesting story. You know, they, they, they it, it even inspired people in, in Afghanistan. You know, to to. Uh, uh, so it's very yes yes.
1: So... Nowadays, it's a very hot topic <laughs> all over the world.
0: Afghanistan yeah. and Taliban. Only these are the hot topics nowadays. Yeah, um, <laughs> but I, I don't want to get kind of joke too much, but you know. Uh, but, but this is indeed, you know, this is uh, uh, very inspiring for uh, people around the world, you know, for young generation, old generation. Uh, this is uh, very inspiring. So um, well, uh, we have a couple of minutes. So let's, uh, if you have any question, please click, raise hand and, uh, or put the Q&A box. So in the meanwhile, uh, Dr. you just mentioned about education and you are a professor. So and then you also mentioned about that. So how, how, Can you kind of tell, tell, tell people your efforts in your university and how, what is the philosophy and how did you uh, kind of uh, incorporate like SAR into your education to inspire people uh, interested in space and study aerospace engineering? Yeah, uh,
1: like uh, I did my B.T.E.G. in aeronautical engineering. uh, And then, uh, in India, uh, it's a very famous, that is the Aero Society of India, and I did it from there. Then, we ha- like for example, Royal Aeronautical Society, you must have heard about. So, uh, in a similar way, we have in uh, India Aeronautical Society of India, and then I completed my B.Tech, Bachelor of Technology in Aeronauticals. And then, uh, further, I wrote GATE examination, which was a very, very prestigious uh, examination for going for the master's program. And uh, then I cleared that, then I went to the IIT Madras. You must have uh, heard about, uh, it's a very famous institute in India, uh, one of the top rank institute, which is at present, it is number one institute in India, Indian Institute of Technology Madras, which is located in the southern part of the India, Chennai. From there, I did masters. And then for the one year of my thesis work, I did from Korea Ocean R&D Institute, which is South Korea. It is located in Ansan near to the Seoul, which is the capital of um, uh, South Korea. And uh, I did my work, master's uh, thesis work from there in synthetic aperture radar for target detection, then wave height measurement for the ocean surface, then propagation of the waves and all other stuff which was related to the space application, a lot of works uh, I did in 2011. Then uh, once I uh, came back from South Korea, then I joined University of Petroleum and Energy Studies as an assistant professor. And uh, since then, I am working um, as a faculty in UPEs, And presently, I'm on the role of associate professor. Last year, I got promoted. So my work is always on the, you know, either by means of radar application or synthetic aperture uh, radar application. A lot of my students are involved, undergraduate students, postgraduate students, even PhD students, they are always involved into the, uh, you know, uh, SAR application, radar application for target and for the wave height measurement. From the space, and then some of the even in the latest, uh, there was a very big conference of the space habitat event happened in Brazil. So a lot of people have uh, you know participated. A lot of students have participated in that, and uh, um, uh, we we have received one best paper award. uh, uh, One of my group uh, student and uh, I got the outstanding faculty advisor award in the same. So basically, uh, we used to work in uh, in collaboration with ISRO, in collaboration with DRDO. Like, uh, recently, we have submitted one project to Defense Research and uh, Development Organization, DRDO, which is, again, uh, related to the target detection using uh, radar as well as the SAR. So uh, most probably, we'll get the funding. That's not a problem. So that's how we uh, always used to encourage the people to work for the space technology, space application, space design, because it has a lot of scope. Ultimately, we are leaving the space without air nothing. We are living in the air then we are trying to go for the space so that's what it is called as aerospace and for that we need the technology so that's called avionics and we need the application that is called the remote sensing and that should be completely you know beneficial for the society in the managerial spec in the legal spec in the life spec in the different kind of aspects so this is how one can be able to you know uh, learn, then one can be able to earn in terms of aeronautics as well as the astronautics. So again, I'm thankful to AIWA uh, for hosting uh, for this inviting on this special lecture uh, on you know space technology as well as the radar applications. So I'm really thankful to you, Dr. Ken. I'm really thankful uh, for the invitation and um, thanks one uh, thanks once again. Thanks a lot.
0: Yeah, thank you so much. You. Appreciate it. Yeah, and uh, you're welcome to. You know, post article or give uh, a talk again on this uh, Brazil, you know, space yeah, sure, sure. and uh, the Korean, you did this uh, SAR study with Ocean Korea. I mean, this is uh, very exciting. And you are right. This is the right time. You just mentioned the SpaceX, the re- all civilian launch and uh, uh, Jeff Bezos, you know, this thing is very exciting. We should uh, uh, do more to so that people uh, excited and, uh, uh, you know, work uh, in, in aerospace. And uh, the other thing is that AA has actually student branches in, in India. I just realized, you know, so if you're interested, you know, maybe you can think about, you know, collaborate with AA and uh, maybe uh, some of the student branch. And if not in your school uh, university, we can try to uh, encourage a student to uh, uh, connect with AA and uh, they can form a student branch over there. And you can be, uh, you know, like advisor to them or something like that. Sure, Just some sure, ideas.
1: Sure, sure surely we will. I will speak to my management team in UPS. Yes. And then uh, further, we can be able to collaborate with AIAA in terms of students' uh, progress, in terms of the student progress, support and progression basically. So that can be done, I think. That's not a problem.
0: OK, I'll send you some uh, the contact information so you can. Uh, sure. But it needs to be formed, by, uh, initiated by the students. Uh, but they need an sure, advisor. Sure. Yeah. Okay, this is so wonderful. Okay. And uh, I'll just please stay in touch. You know, we'll keep communicating. Sure. Excellent. So, thank you so
1: much. Thank you, sir. Yeah. That,
0: that, thank thank you. you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks to you all. Yeah. I really appreciate it.
1: I'll take, take the leave because it's already 11 p.m. I know.
0: So, I just want to say yeah. it's today for you. I really appreciate it.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Good night. Bye bye. Have
0: a good night. Bye-bye. Bye bye. All right, so um, yeah, we think Dr. Chalvez is very late over there, so uh, um, really appreciate